This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovin. I love Billy Steele. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Wednesday to everybody out there. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He's the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet Eric Strickland. Strick, how's it going? Today we were just talking about 1999, a year for uh, the last conference championship, actually, for Nebraska. They went 12-1. and It was a fun year uh, for Husker football. What type of year was 1999 for Eric Strickland? Prince. It was a, you know... Yeah, I wanted to party like 1999. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you was a big party yeah. that year. Were you afraid <laughs> of, of the Y2K, the incoming, uh, you know, the shutdown or whatever people expected was going to happen? I mean, I think everybody probably had their eye on the the possibilities of something crazy happening, or the grid going out or not being <laughs> able to function or or something crazy of that nature. Maybe the... The, the, the spacecraft <laughs> flying over. <laughs> I mean, so, so people had their own. <laughs> yeah, the aliens are going to come. What that, day. that was going to be, right? Yeah, it, it, it was one of those times. I mean, yeah, I think I, I ain't going to lie. I actually looked at it. It was kind of crazy. I, I was, um, where was I? I? I think I was maybe in New York, York at the time. I was. I was in New York, and so of course, even more. You know, yeah, we went out. Uh, had a good, good group of friends of ours. We went out. Had a really good time. Enjoyed New Year's. You know, watched the ball drop and a little bit there in in Times Square. And then we was uh, went out and had a good time, man. And, and nothing happened. It was yeah. <laughs> it ended up being a great night. So yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Actually, man, it was coming. Ninety nine was probably one of my best year in the NBA too. That was really? that was the yeah. I averaged almost fourteen points a game that year and um, had a really good season. Looked like things were going to turn around, and then boop, I was on my way to New York City. <laughs> traded. Were you traded? That's what happens. During the season, best, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, you're ready. No, it was after. It was after. Okay. So it was 1999, 20, 20, yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's that's a cool year though. 14 points. That's no small task in the NBA, especially like in today's game. That might be like 18 or 19 points, basically. Yeah. <laughs> because how many yeah, points were we thrown around? Yeah, it was, it was a lot more possessions, a lot more opportunities. The game. Obviously, the speed of it, shots are going up a lot quicker, so you're getting a lot more possession. So, yeah, you know, probably could have did a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA is kind of crazy. I know we'll talk about this later, um, but uh, especially that the Memphis uh, series with the Golden oh, yeah. State's kind of getting very physical. And then, like, the, the cheap shots that are being taken. Um, I don't know if you saw, but Gary Payton Jr.'s, uh, or, or the second, excuse me, elbow got broken on a Dylan Brooks, just kind of clubbed him going up to the rim. Um 
<laughs> Tremont Green's flipping people off with blood running down his face. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of a, a nutty environment. Um, and uh, but but it, it, you know that's uh, part of what makes the NBA playoffs fun. I think is the physicality gets turned up a well, bit. But uh, had, those cheap it hadn't shots. Been that, it hadn't been that in a long time. Yeah, it's it's really getting it's gotten physical, and that's I mean that that's what makes me interested because it is a little bit more physical these days. I mean, it seems like they're actually. This is probably one of the harder playing intense playoffs that I've seen in a while. I mean, you, you, it's intense. Don't give me don't 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 let me say that it wasn't or it's not. But it's it's next level and the physicality and and people are going after it and diving and getting caught with some bows and putting their bodies on the line. There's a lot of that going on this year, and so it, it's been good. Yeah, uh, and also uh, let's uh, jump through to our discussion here. Um, the NIL world is kind of is people. A lot of people think has kind of gotten the out wild, of hand. Wild yeah, it's the wild, wild west. Kumo D. <laughs> wild, wild west. Speaking of nineteen ninety nine, I think that was around that time yeah, that song cool, came out. Kumo D time. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, there was uh, I. You know, it, it just it, I'm kind of enjoying this this small period of time because I know that there's going to be restrictions put into place. And, the you know, the NCAA is already kind of looking at it. A report from a, a sports center's Ross Dellinger said college leaders are gearing up uh, issuing to issue a warning to hundreds of wealthy boosters who are using name, image and likeness ventures to involve themselves in recruiting. Uh, basically, down the line, they're hoping to get the, the recruiting aspect out of it. So incoming freshmen don't get NIL people in the transfer portal. Don't get NIL. NIL was supposed to be the players on the team can benefit off their name uh, in video games and local businesses and, and stuff like that. Obviously, in the college football world, if you don't, um, you don't put the guardrails up, then it's gonna it's going to jump to recruiting. That's why you know some of this stuff has got out of hand. You, you have whispers of tampering, um, which, by the way, has been going on for a long time and will continue to go on. I mean, I, I think um, the fact that it's a little bit more transparent now. Um, and in uh, all, in, for most part, legal to be able to do it. Um, obviously, things are are, are getting kind of crazy. But even if they do put these guardrails up, and they try to limit it to just players on the roster getting nil money, um, then it's just going to go back to the way that it used to be, <laughs> where uh, this kind of d- stuff was done uh, to try to keep eyes off of it. But there were still um, obvious deals on the way, and, and it's really hard to. To be able to do that, I think, is, you know, that that's part of the, this this problem is it's such a mess because there's no obvious solution that's going to make it clean and, and work the way that it was intended to do so. There was always going to be unintended consequences, um, but it is it, it doesn't surprise me that the NCAA um, and uh, those involved are, are trying to get uh, this thing organized because there's a lot of different coaches and coaching staffs um operating on, on, on just how they perceive NIL and that might not match up with others. And, uh, you know, it's kind of leaving some teams at a disadvantage, obviously. Um, but, uh, what do you think about the response pretty quickly, um, from the NCAA? Um, maybe it was the, the Jordan Addison tampering type of situation that has, uh, has prompted this up, but a lot of coaches, a lot of people inside, uh, the football programs are, are getting pretty frustrated with it. And so the response might come pretty, you know, quickly than, than what we thought it was. I mean, we knew we, I'm, we've been talking about it pretty regularly. You know, I know other people have been talking about it and sharing, but we've also been talking about it here on the block. But the, the fact remains is we knew that it was going to come. I mean, obviously the NCA was losing power. It was getting very wild. It was, it was a lot of things that was transpiring with the portal, with NIL. 
a lot of people are saying NIL now stands for now it's legal. <laughs> so yeah. uh, basically this stuff has been going on in, in some backroom deals. And, and, and look, I can understand there'd be some restrictions that are placed on it. It probably needs to be done. Uh, different things with regards to the portal needs to be handled in, in, a, in a different way. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's um, the, you know, I, I think the boosters that are creating these, these pools are, you know, it's something that is to be, you know, concerning, you know, I still think that it's going to happen. It's going to be another way in which they find out how to do it. But I, I think that part is concerning because it does, it really takes recruiting where, where you used to be best at what you did. And that's relationships, developing relationships with parents, with, with, uh, you know, coaches, with players, you develop these relationships. And then all of a sudden it's taken out of your hands because it becomes money. So now a kid comes on campus, a kid shows up, you know, you, you normally would go through the rigmarole and normally a culture can win a kid over. I mean, there's so there's different metrics that can win a kid to, to as to why I want to be here. And those aspects are, yeah, okay, that's good. Mm-hmm, yeah, I like it. And I love everything about you, coach. Uh, but, you know, w- what you got? Yeah. And it turns away from really those relationships into finance, right? And it can also provide a tough, tough part for coaches and where coaches now it's tough to to coach a kid because they're in the same way. It, it, listen, this stuff happens the same way in the NBA and NFL, right? The power is in the player. And are you going to listen? Are you, are, you know, when I, when I'm trying to basically implement some structure and some discipline in, in the midst of the team, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, man, whatever, you know, I got, I got my, so it can mess. It can't listen. I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just giving the pros and the cons of, of, of the possibilities of things that can happen in this space. That's that, those are things that can happen. And so it has taken recruiting. It's probably taken the fun out of the recruiting because it's solely about the money. The money in, in the past used to be about the enhancement of, we want to take care of you. We care about you. We think the most of you. Here's something that can help you. You're a struggling kid and whatever your situation is, here's something for you. Um, I think that's changed. I think it's now become, and I think there's ways to do it on the back end too, right? Um, Meaning a player's been with you, he's been in your program, and then he gets injured. And in that injury, uh, you used to couldn't take care of a player. If If it was a senior year, he was done, he normally would have to get insurance to do those type of things. You can now, you can work out, if you can work out deals and ways in which to take care of the player because of what they were to your your program, I think things like that can be implemented that can help it and make it better. Well, and it's just fascinating because this this stuff obviously was just kind of like you know you just you let the flood in like you know there's no uh, it was it was it was completely illegal to do any of this stuff and then one day it flipped and so you know some of these things have kind of slowly come up um, to uh, to to fruition and then some of them just like are are, are, are kind of mind boggling but it, it it creates an interesting dynamic um, where you have guys that were 
recruited pre-NIL, and now they're happy. They're able to do what they want to in their in, you know their hometowns and sell their name and all that stuff. But it's not the same as being recruited um, because the, the new recruits and the guys that you need to add to your additional team are going to get the bigger packages because you don't already have them in full. And so you know we've seen um, that kind of play a, a factor. And um, so you know it's it's not always fair when when something passes, but you know life's not fair. I mean that's that's kind of all this stuff is is in in there's no there's no real reason that college football has been has been fair you know in the past you know the programs with the uh with these donor bases and in larger programs more you know caring fan bases all that stuff they've had the power for a long a lot longer time i mean when you go into big 10 meetings ohio state sticks out a little bit um and has a little bit more power than everybody else it's not fair but it is what it is, and that's the you know kind of the world you live in. Um, so I know that there's a lot of people concerned about that. Some people are turned off um, by the roster turnover. Really, the, a big discussion has been the the coaching community is just is frustrated and furious by all this because they you know you hear a lot about guys. Um, you know, there's certain guys on staff that do like the recruiting aspect of it, but when you see a lot of a lot of like big names take NFL jobs, that's what they say. You know, first and foremost, you even heard it from Fred Hoiberg in the past when he took the the Bulls job. It's like, oh man, well, at least I don't have to recruit anymore because that just takes a lot of time. Um, and you know, it, it's uh, you know, it's just a lot compared to what you want to be doing. And now it's asking even more so to do that with your current roster. Uh, and just it's it's a twenty four seven you know, 365 days a year business. Uh, and, uh, and so a lot of coaches are, are very much turned off by this, not just the fact that, you know, that, that it's, I, I guess, hyper competitive, but also that like, like you said, it's kind of taken away the relationships that are there, but I will say this, it can work hand in hand. And I think we saw that today, former Husker defensive line, Casey Rogers chooses Oregon. Now I think Casey Rogers might've entered, um, the transfer portal to get some NIL money. I mean, he, you know, he was one of those guys that was on already on a team when this stuff passed. So it's harder to get the recruitment NIL money that you want. So maybe that had a factor to play, but he also followed his former defensive line coach out to Tony Tuioti uh, out to Oregon. So, you know, maybe that relationship factor, that other stuff can still play a bigger part than we want to admit as we are fighting up against the NIL for now. Yeah, I think that is true. I think the ones that's blowing my mind is like, like you're saying, the kids that haven't even touched campus yet, right? Yeah. Um, it, it would be it would be no different. It's like we used to watch it in the NBA when we see guys um, that are getting drafted and they're signing these huge uh, NBA contracts uh, before they even touch the floor. And you're like, really? You know, it does. It, it puts us in a position where we're like, we're going at his throat. You know, like, yeah. we're going to show you that this cat is not the one. And that happens a lot, right? But the one that's blowing my mind that's been reported by the Atlantic's uh, Stuart Mandel that uh, the five-star recruit, 2023 uh, Tennessee recruit, Nico um, Imalieva, Imalieva, um, talking about the potential of landing an $8 million NIL deal at Tennessee. That is like crazy to me, right? Um, when you land these big, in, there's so much pressure. You're a kid just still trying to find yourself, still trying to understand your body, still trying to understand the game. You don't, you don't freaking know the game even yet. You don't know the, the mental faculties that are involved in this game. You, you come from high school to a college where it's now professional work in a sense. So I understand some compensation, but 
eight million dollars and you haven't yeah. seen the field think of the pressure that that puts on uh, a kid now a professional that's different professionals have been bred there they understand the pressures that come with that they understand the performance that is is needed for that sometimes i wonder if a kid that young has that same um you know abilities maybe it could be capped for a younger player coming in there's some form of a cap you give them something but if you make it equivalent across the board then you don't have these tampering issues you don't have these issues where uh, somebody is going to throw a bigger bag. Now, still, you got to recruit. Still, you got to you got to land the kid. You got to, you know, you, if you put a cap on a recruitment, say a million dollars, you put a cap on it at a million dollars or seven hundred fifty thousand for a recruited freshman, then you can't get. You don't have to worry about boosters and and people getting involved because it's equal across the board. Everybody, you can get a max. You can get a max uh, freshman contract, basically yeah. an IL contract, and it doesn't limit you because when you get on campus. Do your thing, young fella. Then you got to prove your worth. Then you got to, you know, prove that you're worth $8 million. <laughs> and then if you do, then it's available to you. I, I think there probably in the initial parts of it needs to be some form of restriction. And that makes it equivalent across the board for all players and all, all, all organizations. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Again, it's just the problem of uh, how are you going to police that, right? I mean, you, you know, you, you have everybody giving the top quarterback the same offer, and then it's back to the old world of, well, yeah, that's the offer, but we also got this one over here for you as well. And so, I mean, it's the same thing. I think it's more transparent these days. Um, obviously, they have to try to get, um, you know, some of this stuff – uh, nailed down again. I think I think maybe it's not just the NIL. It's, it's the transfer portal working hand in hand. I think that that's where the NCAA can come in and you know make your different rules. I like I you know I like the rule of you know you you can you can transfer once without having to to, to you know sit out a year. I kind of like that if it's after your first year, right? If you get to campus, uh, we talked about this the other day. If you get to campus and you don't like you know the situation, then you're able to transfer. I mean, I think that's fair to the kid. But if you stick around um then maybe you have to wait till you graduate and a graduate transfer can can move right away like it used to be um and then the other ones have to sit there and then you don't have this free agency so much and um you know then at least you know the the scope of what the coaches have to worry about is nailed down quite a bit and then it can be more enjoyable for the sport because i've said for years too um and i'm also for you know player mobility and all that stuff to a degree because i think these kids should be able to make you know th those type of choices but you have to have um if you're I i've said this for a long time i thought nil was really going to help with college basketball and it might still is that you know we you have recognizable names stick around um, those guys that you know Armando Baycott's a, a perfect example of like a national um, name that you know from the NCAA tournament maybe in the old days without NIL that's time to cash in that's when your name is known most yeah you'll still be a late second round pick but at the but at the same time at least your your name's kind of out there and people will still be looking out for you uh now you know, he can return and make that nil money and then go when you know it, it doesn't really matter his, his stock's probably not going to change it's just kind of the type of player that he is and and again i think the NCAA could turn into the land of bigs because of that because you can kind of play more traditional basketball than what the nba's turned into but um you know, I, I think that that's that's what you need now in in football as well. Is it's fun to see some of these names move around. I can't wait to see Jordan Addison play wherever he is because he's already a household name. And now, if he's at USC or Texas or whatever, he kind of becomes the villain. And I like the villain in sports and stuff like that. But um, too many names moving everywhere and not knowing your own team from year to year. 
um, can be quite frustrating. And, and for what it's worth, I think Nebraska is at the uh, is one of the teams that's that's doing the most of that this year because they they basically um, were at that point. We all know the situation needed a lot of new faces, needed a fresh coat of paint. They did it with the with the coaching staff, and, and they were going to have to do that with the roster too. And so that's what, that's what we've seen. So I don't think it'd be quite um, the change that you'll see year in and year out for every team that Nebraska's gone through. But Nebraska's in that situation to where you know, especially this year, there's just a lot of new faces. And um, for traditional college football fans, they like to watch a freshman get on campus and, and say, I can't imagine what he's going to look like as a junior and senior, and then watch him grow and progress instead of, well, we'll just pick up this guy, this guy, this guy. Those original recruits are now out the door. Um, and uh, I think that that's hurt the loyalty prospects uh, are pro- part of the, the fan following. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think that part, I mean, it was always good to be able to watch. The, that, that's that's what I enjoyed about it. I looked at these the Nebraska teams and, yeah, you add a Juco player to it. Yeah, you know, you may uh, have a kid that maybe came in as a sophomore or Prop 48 kid, and, and you really start rooting for him, right? And, and those were some fun things about the sport. You get behind them. You watch them until – you know, it's time for them to move on, whether it's their sophomore or junior year or senior year. And then you follow them. Right. I, I, I've, I've noticed that. I mean, I've had a lot of people that had have said that to me. They said, man, you know what? I, I, I saw you in Big Eight play, you know, when, yeah. when I was at Missouri and I followed you, you know, all the way in Dallas and in Boston and such, such, such. And those those are good things about the purity of the sport. And, and you're right. I mean. Uh, it's creating a professional, definitely a professional atmosphere at an amateur level. And and, and it's going to create a lot of pressure for some of these kids. And sometimes pressure bust pipes. You know, we'll see who's going to come out of it unscathed and who's going to go on to to secure great careers for their, their the rest of their lives. We'll, we'll be able to see that part of it. And then you, you're going to have those people that are going to root not for you. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's going to create a lot of hatred out there for you, and especially yeah. if you come to the program. We got behind you. We loved you. We, we, we opened our arms to you, and then all of a sudden, you know, you bolt because, you know, you, you saw greener pastures. And sometimes greener pastures are not always greener pastures. It may be greener for the green green, yeah. but it may not be green for the, for the next parts of your career and your life. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see. Again, this is the, that that stuff's not necessarily new, though, because we've seen over the last several years some Huskers depart the program and go on to have success. Juan Dale being the latest one, Andrew White the third on the basketball side. But um, I think it would happen more often in the, the modern-day landscape. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, our weekly guest, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald, is set to join us. Uh, plenty to talk to him about uh, has happened since last week since we talked to him. So uh, we'll break that stuff down next year on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 